Hello again, friends, and welcome back to Holy Conversations, the podcast of the Wesleyan Covenant Association. I'm Bob Kaler with another mini episode that I recorded at the New Room Conference in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, back near the end of September. Had a chance to catch up with Walter Fenton, who is the vice president of the Wesleyan Covenant Association. We sat down in one of the rooms there so you can hear some people in the background just wanted to get some updates from walter and what's going on thought you might appreciate that so let me go ahead and play that interview for you and i'll be back with a preview of what's coming up next on the podcast give this a listen all right we're still at new room conference here and i got a chance to sit down with walter fenton who is the vice president of the wesleyan covenant association and it's good to see you, Walter, in person. It's been a while. <laughs> it has, Bob, and it's always great to see you. So this is a this is a real treat. <laughs> yeah, and this conference has been amazing, and um, it's just uh, this is like my annual conference. I mean, I come to this every year. I haven't missed one except for COVID year, and I, I find it to be, in terms of gathering together as Wesleyans, the whole Wesleyan family. And so many of us, the energy, the excitement that's in this place um, really is, is kind of a foretaste of where I want to see the movement go. Well, Bob, you know, we are thrilled for our friends uh, over at Seedbed and what has happened with the New Room Conferences over over the years. Uh, we, we just so appreciate JD and the team that, that, that plans this and makes it happen. Uh, I was at the very first one, and so to see it go from 300 to over 3,000, it says a lot about the the movement and the joy and uh, the passion of the theologically conservative uh, wing of, of, of not just the United Methodist Church, but, uh, but other Methodist bodies, that there, there are a lot of us out there, and it's just, this is a great time to come together. I know a lot of other pastors and lay people say the same thing you just said. This, this is, this is their, their annual conference for them. Yeah, and I, I just find it to be a it's helpful in terms of, you know, being able to worship, knowing who you're worshiping, knowing knowing that we're all have basic agreement around things. It's like being at a WCA event only on a larger scale. There's what 2,100 people here, I think, for this week, and it's it's amazing to to see that. But we wanted to catch up a little bit on just what's happening. Um, we usually do a mailbag episode at one point. And I thought, well, we could call Keith, but he's he's not here this week. But Walter is is as knowledgeable, probably even more so, because he's he's in the background, always kind of making sure everything is being done and and keeping track of things. And and so, um, give us a little update. Where do things stand at the moment? Sure. Well, you know, I'll start right off with why Keith's not here. Keith is in uh, in in Kenya, uh, meeting with with. Uh, WCA members and friends from all across the continent of Africa and I've, I've been texting back and forth with him all week and he's really excited about what's going on over there can't he said even matter of fact he texted last night and said I can't wait home to get home to debrief you on all of the good things that are happening here so we're we're excited about that um, you know we we uh, Bob are just continuing to to push forward, everybody knows that you know we're we're still awaiting the the passage of the protocol, and we're doing everything we can to 
to, to even help facilitate uh, that, that, that general conference. We're reaching out to the Commission on General Conference, to the Council of Bishops, um, with ideas and, and even potentially support to try and, and, and make the, the, the conference uh, happen. We think it's that important that we would be willing to do whatever we can do. So, you know, we continue to do the, the good things that, that we have been doing in the past. And we're just, um, more and more people are becoming aware uh, that, that change is coming one way or another. And so they're, they're attending our regional events, of course, our, our annual events that we have. And, uh, and so we're just going to keep pushing forward. And uh, we're, we're encouraged by the amount of people who, who continue to, to support us. You had a regional event, regional event just here before, before New Rim Conference. Yes, we had uh, on Tuesday night, we had over 160 uh, pastors and clergy join us for one of our informational meetings. When we do these regional events, uh, you know, pastors, um, when they come out to a regional event and ask a question, then people know who they are. And, and, and it gets back to conference leaders, and sometimes conference leaders are a little frustrated that they're being willing to identify with the Wesleyan Covenant Association and talking about that their local church is likely to join the global Methodist church. So it's, it, it says a lot when 160 people turn out for one of our regional events and have questions. These are these are really nitty-gritty times where we get together and answer the difficult questions of how the transition's going to happen and how it's going to impact right down at the at the local church. And more and more people, as we do these regional events, uh, are attending and wanting to know how things are going to go. We talked last time with Angela Pleasance about some of the questions that she's been getting in terms of clergy and churches transferring she's working on that doing a marvelous job what are some of the high level questions that you're getting at this point sure and you know bob that's a great question because um people want to know you know are things like are there going to be bishops <laughs> in the new global methodist church um, what are apportionments going to look like in the new global Methodist church? Is there is there going to be a trust clause in the global Methodist church? And those are all great questions. And what excites me is those those are critically important questions, but it's really going to be up to um, the delegates who attend a convening general conference for the Global Methodist Church to make the call on those issues. And delegates, I am confident, will come from Africa, from Eurasia, from the Philippines, and of course here from, from the U.S. And, and, you know, we will see. But I think I, I'm not going out on a limb at all when I, I say that there, there will be no trust clause in the Global Methodist Church. I just can't imagine that. I think, I think we will have bishops, but they will be term limited. Um, anywhere between six to 12 years is my guess will be the term limit for, for a bishop. And so it's, it's gonna be an exciting uh, church. Uh, I, I think anytime you start something new like this, um, you know, people, uh, you gotta, you gotta, you know, work to find your way forward. And, and what I am, what so encourages me is I see that passion out there, that people wanna be connected, but they wanna be connected in a new way. 
in a different way. They don't want to create a UMC 2.0. I've never had anyone come to me, Bob, and say, I'm just looking for UMC 2.0. No, it's uniformly, univocally, people who are aligning with the WCA and aiming for the Global Methodist Church believe we have to do things in new ways, different ways. We have to be nimble. Uh, we have to be uh, passionate and be focused on our main mission. One of the things that we, we've said a lot on this podcast is that when people read the, the two books of discipline we have, not only we get away from one book of discipline, we now have two, but a lot of people are reading those things as though they're set in stone, and we keep hearing that over and over again. And so we have to keep saying over and over again, these are ingredients, because you don't want to show up at a convening conference and have everybody go, so what do you want to do? <laughs> you know, you, you have to have some basis to start with. And so we've got these two books of discipline that feed into this. One, of course, is, is intentionally transitional, right? Mm, correct. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, correct, Bob. And, and you know, I guess one thing I would say right off the bat is it's interesting. You could you could take both of the books and put them together now, and I don't think they'd be even half as large as the UMC's book of discipline. You could sit down and read them, either one of them, in an afternoon. But you make a tremendous point, Bob. I when I talk to people, I tell them, you know. Um, yes, there is a transitional book of doctrines and discipline for a purpose. We're going to need a, a transitional book of doctrines and discipline because it's, it, the church will be in transition for at least 12 to 18 months. So we need something that orders our life together during that period. But I always tell people, you know, frankly, the most important word in the name, transitional book of doctrines and discipline, is the word transitional. It, it is definitely not set in stone. And then, of course, the WCA has developed what it calls the Draft Book of Doctrines and Discipline. And when they got together, they were thinking long-term. What do we want? What, what, what do we think theologically conservatives, um, Methodists, want in a new denomination? How would they like? So they came up with, the, the, the folks who, who, who were part of that, just great people and gave so freely of their time, their talents, and their resources to, to put that together. And, and I am confident much of, of, of many of those ideas are going to get incorporated into uh, the Global Methodist Church when the Convening General Conference gets together. But I am really excited about the Convening General Conference because I know we will find a way that allows duly elected, fairly duly elected delegates to come to that Convening General Conference. And like you said, they'll have they'll have some things to work with. They won't have to start from ground zero, and and that will allow them to, to move forward in a in a in a very productive way and do exciting things that I think people will be fully behind. I really hope that conference looks a lot like the one we're at right now, here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, just in terms of the worship and you know keeping the focus on 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 things where they need to be and. We continue to do more work. There are still task forces working. Can you give us some updates on what task forces are still out there and what we're working on? Yeah, um, you know, we we just received a, a really great report uh, from a task force dealing with um, sexual brokenness, 
uh, and, and it was well received by the, the, the Global Council. We're coming out with an article tomorrow on that report and recommendations that that, that, that uh, task force group came with, and people will be able to see the entire, read the entire report and recommendations. We have a task force group that's working on developing uh, a catechesis resource uh, to for for young people, but also for adults. Uh, you know, one of the exciting things about churches that want to align with the Global Methodist Church, and many of them are growing. They're, they're reaching new people and, and and growing congregations. And one of the, the the challenges is you have adults who have have been, you know, one to the faith. But they want to learn more about it. You know, they, they want to really understand what it is they confess, what's, what's transformed their lives. So we've got some really excellent folks who are leading that task force group. And we should have um, a report and recommendations uh, from them uh, before the WCA Council here in, in just a, a month or two. So that's coming out. And we have folks working on everything from pension and health benefits, how will we take care of clergy and lay employees in the new church, um, all, the, all the way to, to dealing with, you know, continuing to deal with how we're going to handle, you know, racial and eth ethnic issues in a new church. We will be a very, very diverse church, so this is an important issue for us, and they're doing great work uh, as well, and we'll continue to push forward. I know there was a sacraments task force, too. I was talking to somebody on that, and but I, we haven't seen a report on that yet, have we? No, and that, that's another that's another task force group that's out there that's that's uh, working together and and you know Bob I can't say enough about uh, the time and talent that um, these task forces have, have brought to these issues when we when we first did this I, I remember you know Keith's done a lot of the work of trying to talk to other people and identify uh, folks who can be on these task force groups and, 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 and the people we have asked are busy pastors, busy lay people, busy theologians at seminaries. And, and we just kind of thought, well, you know, maybe we'll get half of them. But actually, we rarely get a, I can't do it. We, we almost always get, yes, I would love to help out. And then when we started receiving the first reports, we were just blown away. I mean, these people took things so seriously. We received significant, detailed reports and recommendations that um, the, the council was incredibly moved and thankful that are really going to help the new church right out of the, the gate. And so that's, that's continuing to go forward. There's always still the continuing question about what's going to happen with General Conference. We hear that all the time. And the short answer is, <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> And a matter of fact, the, the, the United Methodist Church's Commission on General Conference doesn't know. They, they've got a real challenge in front of them. Let's, let's be honest here and, and, uh, and, and also be um, empathetic to, to, to a body that's got to make a tough decision. Uh, we have brothers and sisters in Africa, Eurasia, the Philippines, um, that we're not sure can get to Minneapolis uh, right now. But we hear and we do believe that the Commission on General Conference is doing everything it can to make an in-person General Conference happen in late August, early September of 2022. I know, hearing from others, that the staff, the people who actually, you know, have to, 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 to work with the hotels, the convention centers, 
transportation, all these issues, they want this off their <laughs> off their agenda because they need to be preparing for the 2024 general conference as well. So they really want to have this in-person general conference. But I think we all have to acknowledge, look, many of us can't travel overseas uh, into some places because of, the, of the, the, the pandemic. Many people from overseas can't travel here right now to, to the U.S. And so it is a dilemma, and we are told, though, that um, as the commission continues to move forward, they're hoping in late February, early March, to be able to, to share what their final call is going to be on whether we're going to be able to go forward with a, with a general conference next year. So the best thing we can do at this point really is just pray about that and and hope that that, that is going to happen for us. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Pray and, 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 and continue to do the, the, the things you do in, in your local church. Continue to be, you know, salt and light in your communities and, and, and throughout the world. Um, let's keep pushing forward. Let's not that let's not let something we can't do anything about right now stop us from the good things that, that we're doing. Yeah. What, what else what else are you hearing? What kind of questions are you getting that, that you might want to make sure that we communicate to everyone while we're here? Uh, I think, you know, I, 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 I'm going to circle back around to um, uh, the, the, book of, the books of discipline that, 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 are, that are being shared uh, and, and, and just helping people take a deep breath, uh, read them, learn about them, because they will really help your your church uh, make make decisions that they're probably gonna many of them are gonna have to make at some point uh, to, to, to learn those well um, try to get as many questions as answered but like I said take that deep breath and know that this is you know none of these are set in stone <laughs> it will really be the duly elected fairly duly elected delegates who show up at the convening general conference who will make decisions about the shape of the Global Methodist Church going forward. And, you know, I have heard conversations that there will be a proposal coming to the convening general conference that makes a lot of sense to me, that over the long term, we will just do general conferences every six years instead of every four years. But as we get started, uh, it's been proposed that it would be prudent in the first six years for us to have the convening general conference to come back two years and have another general conference because we just we knew starting something new needs tweaks and then we'll come back you know the following two years so we will probably have it just stands to reason and seems like a, a rational thing God would have us do to really think things through and to have three general conferences over the first six years to get things ironed out so that we can move forward in a, in a constructive and positive way. So we look forward to more meetings, but my hope is we look forward to more meetings like this one that are celebrations of what God is doing among us and, and about mission and looking forward and looking ahead. That's right, Bob. And you know, uh, when we do our global gatherings and our global legislative assemblies, people just it 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 is so heartwarming to, to receive emails for two three weeks after that of people talking about how profoundly uh, and and moved they were by the work that we have done there and the passionate worship uh they they love them and we'll we'll have another one next spring <laughs> awesome well hey walter thanks for taking a little bit of time we've got a 
get out of here. Jessica Legrone's actually about to do a seminar, so great, so great. it's great to great to see you and look forward to to hearing more as as we go forward. And we'll talk to you next time on the next edition of Holy Conversations. Thank you very much, Bob. It was great to chat with Walter there at the New Room Conference and. There will be more updates. We'll have another mailbag episode coming up in the future. I want to let you know that we'll be back on our regular rotation here in a couple weeks. We are going to be doing an interview with Dr. Ken Collins from Asbury Theological Seminary on his new book, Jesus the Stranger, which I highly recommend. Look forward to chatting with him about that. We'll also have some conversations with some of the task force leaders that Walter mentioned on sexual brokenness, We're looking ahead at some others on the 21st century, ministry in the 21st century, and sacraments, and a lot of other task forces that are coming to the forefront. So stay tuned to the podcast. Stephanie and I will be back here in a couple weeks, back in studio, meaning being in our respective studios to bring you another edition of Holy Conversations. In the meantime, as always, you can email us your comments and questions at podcast at wesleyandcovenant.org. Follow us on Twitter at WCAPod. And we look forward to chatting with you again next time on Holy Conversations, the podcast of the Wesleyan Covenant Association. Have a great week. Mm -hmm.